Welcome to the Refuge Podcast. This podcast was launched from the idea to encourage college students on their walk to class, drive to work, or maybe just the mundane task of folding laundry in the basement of your dorm. Our passion and purpose is to equip and encourage you right where you are to be a disciple that makes disciples on your campus. We're invested in college students, whether you're 18 to 25, taking a gap year, maybe a fifth year senior, or attending school virtually, this is for you. Or hey, maybe you're just tuning in because you want to be a disciple that makes disciples, and we're quite okay with that too. Thanks for spending the next 15 minutes with us. Enjoy the conversation. We have a heat wave coming in this week here in Hendersonville and probably a lot of surrounding areas, which is a little early for mid-June, you know, usually it, it, it climbs up higher, you know, later into July, but Just in time for us to head to vacation, it's going to be a hot one this week, but it has us thinking about all of the fun everybody's having this summer. And so, Adam, I'm curious, what is some of your top summer moments? When you think about the summer, what do you think about? What do you remember? Yes. Well, I grew up in Mississippi, and summer there is about six to seven months out of the year. Mm -hmm. Uh, So used to the heat. Although I feel like I'm getting spoiled here in the mountains now. Like it's hot. I'm like, why is it so hot? But it's like 88. Right. Uh, But when I think of summer, I really think of my summer job, Garden City Chapel. That's one of my like best, some of my best memories are working there over the summer. Now it's at the beach, so it's super hot, but you have the breeze blowing a lot and it's typically fine. But uh, just some funny memories at the beach, you know, we would, we would always do like a staff orientation deal with the guys that worked and we would go either on, we went on this houseboat one time, which is awesome. And we were acting crazy because a bunch of crazy guys, uh, we went to this one place called Sandy Island, which is off of the, I don't know. It's around the Myrtle beach, Myrtle's inlet area. I don't even know where we went, uh, coastal waterway or whatever. So it was out there and we went on this little Island and we acted crazy and it was so much fun. We found this rope swing deal and this guy, one of the guys that I worked with like swung off of it, but it was like the classic video where he didn't make it and he like mm-hmm. bounced off the, the land, you know? And, oh, yeah. uh, so that was awesome. So really some great memories from those summers working at Garden Sea Chapel. That was mm-hmm. the best shout out to our sponsor today, Garden Sea Chapel <laughs> retreat. Uh, so that was fun. Um, yeah, I mean, those are my best memories. I mean, as a kid, you just kind of run around. Like, you're constantly running around outside. Well, you played a lot of baseball. A lot of baseball. Uh, I was a collegiate athlete. Uh, oh, sorry, Caitlin. Um, I mean, that's that's kind of all. Just, okay. you know, running around, shenanigans, playing. Yeah. What about you? I think when I look back and remember a lot of summers, especially growing up, I think about going on a mission trip with my youth group, going on the beach trip oh, yeah. with my youth group. Jesus juked me. You just Jesus juked me. I'm like, oh, shenanigans and acting like an idiot. And then you're like, oh, I went on a mission trip. Well, those are some of my favorite times uh, growing up with my friends. <laughs> we're praying over here while you're answering this question. Oh, geez. <laughs> um, I think about going to like summer camp as a little kid, like in the mountains actually here, close to here. And um, yeah, just obviously taking a break from school, living at the swimming pool in my neighborhood. Yes. And you were a lifeguard, weren't you? Going on vacation. In high school? Yeah, for one year. Wow. And then I became a nanny, and that was the best job ever. And <laughs> I did that till I graduated college. Pretty crazy. Side note, we live in Hendersonville, North Carolina, if you haven't heard that. And it's like the hub of summer camps in the southeast. I mean, there's camps everywhere. And Caitlin here grew up going to a camp, Camp Tacoa, which is like 15 minutes from our house. Yeah. I don't think I even realized it was in Hendersonville until like we moved here. And I was like, oh, this is where I came. 
Anyway, pretty interesting. Yeah. Uh, one of my things, especially here, when the weather is a little, little bit, there's more, there's four seasons here, which is nice. Uh, so even in the summer when it's super hot, the mornings and the evenings are lovely. Like mm-hmm. they feel nice, um, and so it's typically a good time to be out. Well, I love to go for runs in cool temperature. When it's hot, I quickly talk myself out of going for a run. Uh, so I don't really consider myself a runner, but. Uh, I remember this one specific day. It was summer. I think it was a couple of years ago. And I went for a run. And there's a specific park here, Mills River Park. Uh, has a great track, but then you can kind of veer off the track and hit this side, this side road that adds on an extra like mile and a half. And it's flat, straight, pretty mountain views because you're out on this like farm area. Really pretty. So it's just an easy way to add some extra miles and it's hard to find flat miles around here. So that's nice. So I remember, uh, it was very hot. I went running at a time. I was probably training for a race or something. Yeah. So I don't know why I would be running in the hottest part of the day, but, uh, I was, and when you get out to this side road, it's just a long stretch of almost two miles of just nothing straight flat as it could be. And I was on my way back and I was really tired and I don't know if it was the heat getting to me, but I was just like, man, I still have like a mile and a half left and I'm done. I really wanted to quit. Uh, but as I was, you know, running is mental. Let's not get into all that, but there's a lot of running that's mental. Uh, if I can run a half marathon, then like 98% of you out there listening can also run one. So, uh, but I remember in my head, I was like, okay, don't quit Adam. Like you can definitely run this amount. You're just tired. And this, this phrase popped in my head and I was just, sometimes when I get bored out there or when my music's just not hitting it, or maybe I'm listening to a podcast that ended or whatever it may be, uh, I tend to get bored with my thoughts and I just start thinking about all kinds of stuff. So things pop in my head and there could be good podcast ideas that pop in my head, but most of the time it's like cartoons. Uh, but anyway, but I had this phrase that, that kind of stuck out to me and the phrase was, I wrote it down when I got back because I thought it was interesting, but it said, let what, uh, let what's in front of you motivate you and let what's behind you push you. And I think the reason I was thinking about that is because when you're running like that and you, you, you want to stop, but you know how much further you have to go, you're looking ahead. And when you look ahead of you, you can get very easily just discouraged. Like, oh gosh, I can't do this. This is too far. I'm too hot. I'm too sweaty. I need water. And looking ahead was daunting because I I still had a good bit to go. I had some hills to go and I was done. So the thing ahead of me seemed impossible. And then I remember in that moment too, I turned around and I saw like where I'd come from and I'm like in the middle of these fields and it just, I was like, oh my goodness, like I... (laughs) I feel like I haven't even gone that far, but I have, but it's like, oh, it was just, and at the same time I felt discouraged, but then I was like, let's flip that. Like mentally, I have to get through this. I have to push and and run to the end because I know I can. So let's flip that and go, okay, well, let me let what's in front of me actually motivate me to keep going. It's right there. I can see, I can see that I'm going to be up there in a second. And then from there, I'm going to be up there. And then from there, I'm going to, I can let that motivate me. Right. And then if we turn around and, and, you know, instead of letting what's behind us weigh us down, like view your accomplishments and go, look at what I've already accomplished. Like, look at what's already been done. Look Mm -hmm. at the productivity that's already happened. And then let that motivate you to go, if I can do that, like, and what's crazy about that run, it's super flat right there. But when you get to the end of that road, it's straight up through this neighborhood that I like to run in. And it's very hilly. I'd already conquered that. But all I could think in that moment was, oh, I'm I'm done. Uh, But if you let what's behind you actually push you that's more helpful. And I mean, of course I ended up finishing the run. It was like a three mile run. It was not very much, but 
I don't know, that phrase kind of stuck out to me. And what do you think, Caitlin, like just talking that out about what's in front of you um, motivate you? What do you think? um, Because that's faith, right? So like how can we in our own life view what's in front of us as motivation? I think when you have the proper perspective of maybe where you've been and then where you're going, um, it's easier to be motivated by those things. And I think it's important too to define what is behind you. Um, because there's a lot of different things that could be. I don't think it's just True. bad decisions, bad mistakes you've made in the past, or maybe the the sin you let control your life for so long. And so you look back and you feel that guilt, that shame, that weight, and that heaviness. And yes, that is like definitely going to keep you from going forward. But there's also many other things that could define what's behind you. And I think we've been in different seasons of our lives where it would be maybe comfortability and that was in the past, or uh, maybe it's uh, complacency where you feel like, you, you know, you're just kind of on this middle ground and you haven't really made any moves anywhere. And there is a difference in complacency and comfortability. Some people think that's the same thing. Mm-hmm. Comfortability meaning that you're doing everything you can to keep yourself at ease. So you're actually working to just do what feels good. Complacency is meaning you're functioning and you don't even realize it because you have no drive. You're just there. Right. And I think, I even think right now we've had these conversations this year where um, I know for us ministry wise, we really need to like look ahead and like trust and believe God for what we know and we see is right ahead of us and not just grow like complacent in the patterns that we've grown in in ministry or Maybe our fear or our doubt that is back there too wants to weigh us down and make us feel like, oh, you know, is God really going to do this? Or when is he going to do this? And and so I think we have to have proper perspective. And I think yeah. that makes a really big difference. Okay, like evaluating what actually is behind you and how is it motiv- like moving you forward or is it keeping you stuck where you are? Having that healthy perspective is so important. And it's so important in a lot of, a lot of, different seasons of your walk with Jesus, but for sure in this moment where maybe sometimes you feel like you have no drive. And, you know, we, we talk to, to freshmen and sophomore in college all the time and they'll finish their freshman year and they go, Oh, I'm just so frustrated. I feel like I just don't know what I'm going to do. And I'm like, welcome to the club. Like when I was a junior in college, I didn't know what I was going to do. I was, I was changing majors and I was, I completely like abandoned a minor that I was working on. So, I mean, that's fine, but I feel like we often get in that moment and go, I don't know what I'm doing. I don't know what my next steps are. Uh, how do I, how do I like motivate myself or how do I have, why don't I have any desire? Why don't I have drive? Or I'm, I'm not reading my Bible every morning. And, you know, we talk about this all the time where it's with our girls and now they're out of school. It's finding the routine that we once had is completely done. And so there's a constant change of schedule and it's figuring out, okay, when's the best time for us to have our alone time and all this. And so with all the moving parts of your life, it's easy to look and go, gosh, why don't I feel motivated to grow in my relationship with Jesus? And I think looking at, this is in that moment where you ask yourself, okay, why don't I feel motivated? And then you start to go in, well, it's because, and you turn around and look behind you and that's where the weight Mm -hmm. comes in. And what you said, changing that perspective of going, okay, the first thing the enemy is going to want you to do is to beat yourself up over why you haven't 
fill in the blank. Let's talk about why you haven't fill in the blank. And I don't know if your parents ever said this. Go to your room and think about what you've done. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that was the worst. That was the worst thing because I did. Because I actually did go to my room and think about what I'd done. And it was always bad. <laughs> and so I'm sitting in there, you know, in my room waiting for, you know, the wrath of my dad to come in there. And I've already worked myself up to think that I'm terrible. Mm-hmm. Uh, and we do that. We do that in our walk with Jesus where we're going, oh, man, it's no wonder that I don't have any desire because I'm this, I'm this, I've done this. And that's just the enemy pouring all that on you. So flip that. Let's flip the script and and have a different perspective, a healthier perspective of, you know what? Like, let's, let's remind myself who I am. Like, who are you in Christ, your identity? Uh, who is, you know, my father? And talk about him and his character and who, you know, how he loves you. And um, I think that healthy perspective now helps you to look at what's ahead and use that as the motivation, which, you know, I, I call it, that's the faith step. You know, how do you take uh, and maybe talk about this, but how do you how do you go? Okay, I, I didn't know what my next step was. Now I'm looking ahead as motivation. Now, maybe I thought my step that I was supposed to take is actually four steps too far. I need to take, you know, step one, which obviously, Caitlin, you're way better at than I am, which is the reason we started Zoom Bible studies forever ago. So I don't know, maybe talk about like what is now changing the perspective to it's a faith step now. Yeah, I think to be motivated and see what's ahead and to do something about it, you have to take that step of faith. And so like what I'm just thinking over here is like, you just have to do something, do anything, right. something. And <laughs> and we always want to think it's these really large steps when ideally it's actually the very, very small steps that you need to do to get started towards what is right in front of you. So I would say stop looking at the bigger picture and start like thinking about what, how can I like, own this day with the purpose and the calling that God's given me. What does that look like in the next eight hours? And and focus on that and just do that. And when you do something like that, something little and tiny like that every single day, when before you know it, you're gonna look you're gonna be looking back at your past and what's behind you and see how it's propelled you forward. Right. Perspective changes so much. It changes your prayer. You know, it changes the way that you're praying about mm-hmm. it. Let's say you're you're praying for a specific thing. Um when you get the right and the, the the godly perspective, you the way that you're praying and the words that you use in your prayer and maybe your complete attitude in your prayer changes because mm-hmm. now your perspective is healthier and it's more focused on God. Uh, I mean, I think it, it changes um, our, for sure, our strength and our faith, um, but it, it, it strengthens our trust in God. Right. Like when you get that godly perspective, now it's, it's like you're reminded, oh yeah, when I thought that I couldn't do, when you look ahead and you're not motivated, but you're instead you feel more, you know, like a, I can't do this kind of feeling that you immediately go, that's not the biblical perspective that I should have. That's not the right, that, cause that's not who God is. God doesn't throw us stuff and then go, ha ha, look at how, you know, impossible this looks to you. He wants, he wants us to look ahead and build our faith. So perspective is, is doing all those things, um, which I think is such a cool you know, a, a cool thing that can happen, especially if you're struggling to find desire somewhere. Yeah. So this summer, maybe as you're just home or working or doing a different internship, we just encourage you and hope you take some time to kind of evaluate what what is in the back behind you, like in the rearview mirror when you when you look back and what is your perspective on that? And then what's in front of you and how is it motivating you um, to move forward? And then what small steps are you taking in faith and believing God for that he's going to do what he said he's going to do and um, that you trust him enough to take those steps? What would you say, real quick, what would you say if, if someone says, okay, I get that, I should take small steps? 
but I, I have literally have no idea what it is. And you're, but you're praying, God, show me what the next step is. And then you're like, why don't I know what the next step is? Okay. So pe- like if you're confused about what you're even motivated towards, like right. you don't even know what that is. Right. Well, I'm just taking basic classes or, you know, I work at, you know, Krispy Kreme, whatever it may be. You're just like, what's my next step? What well, what would you say is a good, but the, what I'm getting at, sorry, I'm rambling on this question. What I'm getting at is that there's never not a step to take. Right. So what's your answer to what then is the a next step to take? Mm, I don't know how you're going to think this answer is, but my, my instinct is just to live more like Jesus. So that looked like spending more time with people, um, asking people hard questions, growing friendships and relationships, serving people, um, being involved in your local community, local church, um, pouring into other people, letting yeah. somebody older than you and wiser than you and who's a step ahead of you pour back into you. I think when you start to live more like Jesus and love more like Jesus and be more like him, he's going to show you those things yeah. through those acts. Yeah, you gave the big answer and then you gave the, the practicality, which is, that was what I was asking. But yeah, live more like him. So in what way, I don't know what my next step is, my next life move, my next career, whatever. It, you know, it doesn't matter if you feel stuck, complacent. First of all, spend more time with him. But then the question you ask is, okay, what is my next step? And then knowing that the answer is not going to be nothing. There's always something. And what what you were saying Caitlin is right. Like it's, it's the fact that it's okay in this season, then I am fortunate to where I can just grow in my relationship with Jesus with no boundaries. Like you're not, you don't know what you're doing. You don't know where you're going. Maybe you have time. Well then count that as a a blessing because one of the hardest reasons to maintain a steady, like consistent relationship with Jesus is because we always say time, time is what's getting us, uh, which is obviously a terrible excuse. So uh, know that there is a next step to take and maybe it's not the big thing or, you know, a huge step or like a big time change. uh, But it's going to be a time for you to grow in your relationship with Jesus. Really focus on that. And maybe it is like start serving somewhere, uh, follow up with like one person, take some, you know, work on your circle of influence, like all those kind of things. So we hope you're challenged by this. It was just a, a, something we were, we've been talking about. And uh, one way that we, we hope to help you uh, in obviously in your walk with Jesus and then in your discipleship. Um, but we just hope this has been helpful and challenging to you today. We'll catch you next time on the Refuge Podcast. Thank you for listening to the Refuge Podcast. We pray that these 15 to 20 minutes have equipped and encouraged you to be a disciple and make disciples right where you are. We release a new podcast every Monday, so be sure to subscribe, rate, and review if you like this podcast. That would help us. Also, to see a clear picture of what is going on with the Refuge Retreat, follow us on Instagram at the Refuge Retreat NC. Our mission is to unify a generation of college students to be disciple-making followers of Jesus, and hopefully over there, you'll see just that. Thanks for following along, and we'll see you next week.